from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. I'm Dan Peck. Bill Cameron taking a personal day today. He will be... What was that? Is that Bill's phone? Just just kidding. Um, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer is uh, in the house as well on a really nice Friday here in the Auburn area. A little overcast, you know, some, some threat of, uh, of rain, but... On a busy weekend in the in the Auburn community, you've got graduation ceremonies for the university proceeding all weekend. You've got Cinco de Mayo celebrations happening today. You've got LSU baseball in town for a big series, the number one team in the country coming to face off against Auburn after Auburn uh, beat South Carolina on the road last weekend in a uh, in, in taking two of three in Columbia against a team that was ranked number two in a couple of polls. Now Auburn faces the number one team in the country with maybe the top two picks I, in. If they're not the top two picks, I think that goes against pretty much what everyone's saying. Yeah, I mean, Flor- Florida's got a uh, Florida's got an infielder that, that people mm-hmm. like a lot. Um, the uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm blanking on his last name right now, but he's a he's a projected. Top three, top five pick as but well. If it's not Cruz Skeens and one yeah. two, it's it's going to be pretty. Yeah, surprising. and Skeens, the Air Force transfer that will start tonight uh, for uh, for LSU against Auburn and, and Auburn mixing things up a little bit. Not unlike, well, there are there are some crucial differences to the strategy versus the strategy Alabama employed last Friday against mm. against LSU, mm-hmm. but but Auburn is not using. The starting pitcher that has been the most successful one of recent weeks, Tommy Vale. They're not using him tonight against Paul Skeens. They're going to use him tomorrow night in a better matchup in, in the Saturday night game. I think the hope is that Auburn will go to uh, something of a bullpen game today and try and try to get outs whenever they can. I would not be surprised if it's. I think it's Chase Alsop getting the start, but Auburn may have relievers at the go very early on for tonight's game, and the strategy could just be all hands on deck to get through today with the hope that. Tommy Vale can give the bullpen something of a rest tomorrow by uh, putting in a quality uh, five or, or six innings or, or even more, depending what on, on what happens. But no, it looks looks like a great baseball series. Looking forward to that. We we might the rumors are that we might hear from Bill Cameron, even though it's a personal day for Bill. We'll see how he's feeling. Not just to talk about tonight's baseball series, but also blockbuster news. From the transfer portal, as Auburn uh, goes out and signs a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, guy who's played something something in the ballpark of thirty starts in his uh, in his in his career at at, Mich- at Michigan State. He's also uh, uh, he's he's was all Big Ten honorable mention following the twenty twenty one season. Peyton Thorne, who went into the transfer portal. Sunday morning. Sunday morning, right before the deadline for the portal. Although I, I think he his, is a grad transfer. Yeah, his grad transfer status makes the the portal timing less relevant. But Peyton Thorne goes into the portal, 
earlier today announcing on social media that he will be coming to Auburn. Justin Ferguson, you had uh, written about yeah. the uh, you'd written about Peyton Thorne for the Observer. What can, what can you tell us about Auburn's new quarterback? I, I think it's a, it's a pickup for Auburn that definitely makes a lot of sense with what Hugh Freeze and um, Philip Montgomery are trying to do with the offense. Uh, Peyton Thorne has spent the last two seasons as a starting quarterback at Michigan State. His first season as a starter, full season as a starter, wins 11 games, um, breaks the Michigan State single-season record for touchdown passes, um, and just overall had a pretty good pretty good year. Um, last season, with Michigan State taking a step back, his production didn't tail off a ton. His accuracy up, was up a little bit, uh, but his overall efficiency numbers weren't quite the same. Now he goes into the portal after Michigan State is in spring ball and Mel Tucker, desperate to bounce back this year, opens it up. They have a couple of young quarterbacks they like. But I was talking to a couple of people today um, who are a lot more familiar with Michigan State than I am. The, the, the word is, and I think there's always a danger, like whenever um, a guy goes into the portal and you pick him up and say, this guy could be your starter. You're like, well, why are we getting somebody that the other team didn't want anymore? That's not the case here with Peyton Thorne. When he went into the portal Sunday morning, Michigan State was surprised. And Michigan State wanted him to stay back. But I think the competition for playing time was going to be greater at Michigan State than maybe maybe it will be elsewhere. And Auburn ends up being the spot for him. So this is not a cast-off that they're getting. They're getting a guy who has spent the last two seasons as a solid. No, I'm not saying he's got phenomenal numbers. I'm not going to say he's going to come in here and be Cam Newton or Nick Marshall or anything like that. Or maybe even Jarrett Stidham right off the bat. But I will say, though, is... So, dude is about a 63% passer, which raises the ceiling of what, what you can do in, in the passing game. And I think there's some aspects to his game that really fit what Auburn's trying to build on offense. On the, on the Michigan State front, I, I was not following Michigan State very closely these past couple of seasons either. Uh, but when you, when you tell me that a quarterback went 11-1 in 2021, and then a year later... He and, and the, the roster changed a lot, and, and there were a lot of differences. But a year later, he's the quarterback of a 5-7 and seven team. I can't imagine the heat that a guy is probably taking yeah. from a fan base. Oh, yeah. you know, and, and, and how According much... to Michigan State fans, he, he's terrible. Yeah, but... was, and the 5-7 and and seven season was largely his fault, which you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll be a lot better without him. I'm, but... uh, yeah, I, I'm going to dig more into this over the weekend and some numbers and stuff, but from what I what I was told and kind of how the how the numbers are, are match up, he's a lot better quarterback when he has a really good running game next to him. Now, in 2021, what did Michigan State have? Kenneth Ken- Walker. Kenneth yeah. Walker, who was an All-American running back. Last season, Michigan State falls to like they were 87th in yards per carry, 102nd or 103rd in yards per game. They had no running game to speak of. And the difference, if you look at it statistically, the difference in the quarterback that um, Peyton Thorne is when his team is running the ball well and when he's not running the ball, it, it, they're two different quarterbacks. When he's when they're running the ball well, I mean, he's he's averaging about eight and a half, eight. His his touchdown per intercept uh, to interception ratio is like three to one. I mean, he if he can get a really good running game next to him, this is a guy that definitely is an upgrade for Auburn at quarterback. And the good news is. You've got Jarquez Hunter. You've got a running game that you would expect for Auburn to be one of the strengths of your team, especially if that offensive line can take a step forward like they look like they did in, in the spring. Yeah, I, th- I think it's often the question is, is this quarterback holding your offense back? Or right. or would this offense get better with the same quarterback 
and changes around yeah. that quarterback. It, Bill made the observation yesterday that a lot of the talk about Peyton Thorne from Michigan State is reminiscent of the way Auburn folks talked about Bo Nix going out the door. Mm-hmm. As though, I mean, we had callers who say, oh, well, you know, just about anybody could could step in and improve upon right. what Bo Nix And we saw done. last year that was not the case. Yeah, you look at now, now we have a year and a half of, of work mm-hmm. without Bo Nix on the field, and sure. it hasn't been better than what Bo Nix provided. And, and I'll say this, I don't know if, I don't know if the supporting cast at Auburn is necessarily far and away better than what he's going to get at Michigan State. Keon Coleman going into the portal made a big difference. Um, the other Michigan State wide receiver just got drafted um, though pretty highly uh, as well. Um, makes a difference. The, but there's another aspect, and I think Bo Nix saw this as well. This is what reminds me a lot of, of him, and, him and Bo in the, in the comparison in terms of what he's going into. So you've got a guy who has played for four years at a program and it goes south and things were not going well for him last year. And so he hops into the portal and instead of sticking it out at a place where things could get, I mean, Michigan state, there's nothing on paper right now that makes you think Michigan state is going to be remarkably better than they were last year. And instead of doing that, like Bo Nix, go somewhere where it's a year one under a new staff and there's going to just be, I think there's just going to be more natural optimism and a change of pace, change of scenery, a fresh start could get him into in the right direction, there, especially there, for a guy who's you know potentially uh, wanting to play in the pros. Sure, and, and if you're drawing a contrast between the situation Peyton Thorne would have been in at Michigan State if he'd stayed versus what he walks into at Auburn, I think there was also the chance at Michigan State that if things don't go well early, the coaching staff could pull the plug on sure. Peyton Thorne. And, and there's no with. guarantee he wins the starting job at Michigan State in the fall. The two young quarterbacks they have, we're going to battle him, and you know, maybe the guy. And, may, and maybe he wins the job You know, in, in this right. universe where he stays at Michigan State. Maybe he wins the job, but if it's a slow start, he could be scapegoated and replaced with a young quarterback by a coaching staff that wants that to save. That needs to change yeah, something. That wants yeah. to save the season. So I could see why he would see, you know, even if, he held, even if he'd held on to the starting job, how, how thin is the ice? How secure right, yeah. is his footing yeah. in that position versus coming to Auburn where I think there's less pressure to... I mean, he's still going to need to perform if he's the starter. Absolutely. Auburn's not going to be able to be in a position where they can they can yeah. spend several games watching a quarterback be a huge problem without giving a shot and, and the to ske- somebody else. And the schedule that they have this year will lend itself to potentially trying some things out. Uh, Hugh Freeze talked about that last week on the ambush tour and saying, hey, like... There have been some times. I mean, I go back to he had a battle, his second big battle at Ole Miss. So the first one, his first year at Ole Miss, he comes in. They bring in Dr. Bo Wallace from from uh, from JUCO. He starts, you know, he has that impressive year. His second battle that he had when Wallace was done, they bring in Chad Kelly from from JUCO ranks, having two guys that had had experience in the back, Devontae Kincaid, and I can't remember the other the other one there. Um, they have a paycheck game early. They play all three guys. The second game, Kelly gets more of the snaps and tears it up. Um, but by week three, week four, when they're about to go play Alabama and beat Alabama, by the way, they already knew, okay, Kelly's going to be the guy. But they used it and they tried it out. And I think Gate also played a decent bit at other times this year. And, and if you just look at where things are trending, and granted every situation is different, but especially in the transfer portal era, mm-hmm. when a new coach shows up, and inherits a starting quarterback. Sure. 
If he goes out and gets a veteran starting quarterback who's played quite a bit of football, it's not long before that veteran option is on the field. I mean, you right. look and, and I mean, TJ Finley not beating out Bo Nix when Brian Harson got here is almost the exception to that. And TJ Finley, you know, didn't have nearly as much experience as Bo Nix did at yeah. that point. But you look at Jackson Dart versus Caleb Williams at USC when Lincoln Riley arrives. For that matter, uh, Jackson Dart versus Altmeyer. Right at, at Ole Miss, once Jackson Dart goes into the portal. Sure, you, you've got a, a LSU had an internal option they could have gone with. They go with Daniels instead from, from Arizona And State. the other guy, Auburn, that was looking at a quarterback here this week, uh, Casey Thompson, same thing just happened to him at Nebraska, where Nebraska hires Matt Rule. They go get Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. It looks like he's going to end up being the guy. By the way, find it very interesting. Casey Thompson, um, the word today was now that Auburn is – out that uh the FAU FAU where he uh where the head coach is hold on Florida Atlantic head coach is is it Willie Taggart that's no. not right is it we're we're way past Taggart now it's Florida Atlantic went from they went from Kiffin to Taggart to somebody else yeah the new new guy brand new guy is it uh why am I not who who did they, who did they Tom hire? Herman oh that's right and guess Tom who Herman. and guess who recruited Casey Thompson to Texas. Tom Herman. That, Tom Herman. That makes sense. I, see, I I thought maybe you were thinking Florida with that because Florida's yeah, been late exactly. to starting quarterback. But Florida but. has not been pushing quite as hard as Auburn has, and and it kind of makes sense because they have a transfer in Graham Mertz. Now they might not be a hundred percent sold on Graham Mertz, but like, yeah, like you know, you've already gotten your your transfer. Whereas at Auburn, you're in a situation if you're Peyton Thorne, I think you're looking at it and say, hey. You know, if I do what I'm, I've done in the past, I can be the star. Like Peyton Thorne, sixty-three, uh, I think it was sixty-three and a half percent completion percentage last season. Do you know the last time Auburn had a starter who hit that number at quarterback? It was Jarrett Stidham in his yeah. first season Seven, at Auburn. Stidham, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, so I mean, it's and and I, and I want to and I want to make something clear because. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, we're going to take a okay. break, and we're going to talk I wanna, about. I want to talk about Robbie Ash. Yeah, we're, we're I want to yeah, talk we're, about, we're, about that angle. We're going to talk well. about what this means for the quarterbacks already sure. on the roster, because I think that's something that, that people are interested in too. You know, they're, they're not ready to just you know crown the crown the transfer as, and you as the starter moving you forward. You shouldn't, yes, because that's not how they're going to handle it in the fall. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn and KiaOfAuburn dot com. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. You're listening to The Drive. DQ presents the sound of summer calling. Hey, it's me, Summer. I know you're busy with Beach Day's Little League games and all the other fun in the sun, but you got to get to DQ ASAP Peranto right now. The new Summer Blizzard menu is here, and it brought five iconic summer flavors, like new peanut butter puppy chow and s'mores. Oh, yeah, it's back. Oh, that's my other line. Everyone is pumped about this new DQ Summer Blizzard menu. I got to go. See ya, DQ. Get it in the app. DQ, happy tastes good. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski. The dingaroner. The ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. 
Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan and Justin in the studio. Bill taking the day off. Talking Peyton Thorne, Auburn's new quarterback commitment from the transfer portal. Michigan State quarterback the last couple of seasons. He will compete to be Auburn's starter in 2023. Let's get to the phones. Terry is on the line. What's up, Terry? Doing great, Dan. How you doing, guy? Doing all right. Good. Uh, Justin, I got a question for you. Does this all give Auburn any kind of advantages for wide receiver help? Maybe the guy played with at Michigan State or somebody else out there that we might know about? That's a great question. The Michigan State connection is going to be really interesting because I haven't heard anything of where Keon Coleman's looking, but you would think it would at least help him out a little bit. Auburn had two uh, grad, uh, transfers in this past weekend on a visit, uh, one from Colorado and another one, from, uh, and Caleb Burton from Ohio State used to be one of, it was a really, really highly rated recruit coming out of high school. And then there's a new one today uh, that's supposed to be making a visit this weekend, uh, uh, 247, uh, reporting earlier today, uh, that Jair Shorter, who was at North Texas, he averaged like over 20 yards a catch last season at North Texas, was a really good uh, Conference USA receiver. He's in it. From what I've heard, Auburn wants at least one, maybe two wide receivers. Uh, I think two might be the preference, actually, uh, in the uh, in the portal. So I think, to answer your question, Terry, I think now that you have a quarterback in place, I think you can make it a, a, lot, a lot better of a pitch to, hey, this is where we see you in the offense. This is where you can kind of fit in. And so um, I, I do think it is a step in the right direction for sure, and the fact that they've got guys coming on campus or have been on campus is a good sign. So you think we'll hear some of this this weekend possibly? Potentially, we'll see. We'll see uh, if a guy like Shorter could come in, I mean, you know, and, and, I, and give the, and give the, the, these kind of visits. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Auburn would like to push here in the next couple of weeks to get somebody um, in. You know, with the with the semester winding down and wanting to go ahead and get get summer ball going. Yeah, I think the receivers in the portal are looking to have a destination in place before the beginning of summer terms. You know, at places they'd like to be. You know, I, I think not most most of them. Within the next two weeks, yeah. want want to have picked a destination. You mentioned the Colorado receiver Lamonius Craig. Uh, that that Montana Lamonius Craig was already considering Auburn. Already took a visit. I would have to imagine that having a more established quarterback option strengthens Auburn's pitch. If 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 that's something Lamonius Craig was worried about uh, before he uh, before he came to Auburn. And Justin, I like your point about the running game. Mm-hmm. Auburn's going to run the football. With the improvements on the offensive line that, that uh, he Freeze has done and the running back room being as stout as it is, they're going to run the football. I can promise you that. Yeah, it, They even ran the football with a terrible one with Tank. I feel sorry for Tank Bigsby. I really do. Yeah, I mean, Tank did so much. Jarquez Hunter did it. Is it did did really good work as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, having Robbie Ashford changed a lot for Auburn's running game. But you look at it, last season Michigan State, fell off a cliff with their running production and with all the struggles Auburn had last year this was still a team that uh, was about top 25 top 30 in the running game last month of the season when Cadillac took over they were one of the best running running teams in the country right and, and appreciate the phone call Terry and that, and that gets us to something we were talking about before the end of the uh, previous segment where you know for folks that were were curious to see Robbie Ashford or Holden Gurner make a push for playing time this year and, and for Robbie to, to hold on to his job where do you think 
the addition of Peyton Thorne leaves Auburn's returning quarterbacks from last season? It's interesting because, you know, in the case of a guy like uh, Robbie Ashford, you would have to graduate if you wanted to move on and go somewhere else at this point, kind of like what TJ Finley's doing. So it's interesting. I, Freeze said last week he was open to playing multiple guys, especially at the beginning of the year, to kind of figure out what they've got. Um, I also think that Robbie Ashford, we've seen in in times that Philip Montgomery's used this as well. I think Robbie Ashford, if he is not your starting quarterback, I still think you can find ways to get him involved on the field. I'm not saying move the kid to wide receiver or anything like that. I'm not saying that's that's the move, but... Pa- like packages certain things to kind of kind of help out your offense. Ashford can do that because, again, last season Robbie Ashford, one of the least efficient, least accurate quarterbacks in the country last season, and there are plenty of reasons why, including injuries of his own. Not knocking the kid too hard here, but he struggled so much through the air, and yet even when you were facing loaded boxes, even when your offensive line wasn't wasn't up to grade as you wanted to be, he was a still still a top five running quarterback in college football last season in terms of production. So. I think it'll be interesting to see if Ashford, I have no idea personally uh, what Ashford's graduation status is. Uh, we'll know he has been around. This will have been his third year of college football, so you know we'll see what what the move is. I do think that that um, Peyton Thorne, one of the things that and, T- and TJ is graduating, and uh, I believe TJ and Robbie arrived in. They're both class of 2020 high school guys, right? Um, Who played three years of college football. And TJ is moving on as a graduate transfer, so I mean, it, yeah, TJ's TJ's moving on. It can, be, it can be done. You know, I don't know if TJ arrived with more credits from from high school or you know what the what the deal is there. But uh, no, you're you're right. It's it's Robbie. Robbie just finished his third academic year of college, and so in in theory, uh, if he you know if the, the the option for an exit route would be there. But I also wonder if. Uh, yeah, I, I, want, I wonder if uh, if if he's uh, looking looking to this. I know he's posted on social media about about iron sharpening iron. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's. Um, I I would not list him as the favorite. Uh, you know, without right. like I because because I want to I want to acknowledge the adversity that lent itself to Robbie's production last year, right? Because there's a lot of between the fact that he didn't start the year as the starter. Wasn't an ideal fit for the offense that Brian Harson was running. There were problems at offensive line and wide receiver. The coach was let go the middle of the season. Like there, there are reasons why a quarterback's not going to have a great year in that situation. At the same time, Peyton Thorne has a much stronger track record as a Power Five quarterback yep. than Robbie Ashford does. And if they're competing to be the starter in 2023, you would have to like Peyton Thorne's chances of. Uh, of of being able to to hold off Robbie Ashford, I suspect. What does that mean for Robbie Ashford if he's not the starter? Yeah, you know he he could at, at the beginning of the season. It wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season last year either. Like mm-hmm. uh, things can change over the course of a whole year, sure. and then at the end of the year, if if he doesn't play as much as he wanted to, he he could reevaluate or he could get back on the field and and thrive. But it you know we we were saying earlier in the week, you know, what are the chances that the starter in 2023 is, is Robbie or Holden. You know they, they were a lot better before Peyton Thorne made his commitment to Auburn public a couple of hours ago. Because with with his track record, it's it's yeah. it's tough to 
Uh, it, it's tough to imagine and, a scenario where Robbie beats him out in the short term. And, and I still think, though, that Robbie has a skill set that if you want to find a way to get him on the field and use him, you can do that without necessarily having him as the starting quarterback. Now, we've heard that for over the years of, hey, oh, maybe Demetrius Davis or maybe Malik Willis. or but I think... Robbie, though, being a guy that has done it, and it's not like, oh, what what could Robbie Ashford look like as a running option? Look, man, like late last season, everyone on the planet knew they were going to run the ball most of the time, and he still got things done on the ground. You know he is a proven commodity and a very good one at that, running the football. It's just, is he going to be the passer that Armour needs to put this offense you know, where, where it needs to go? And Less than fifty percent completion percentage last year compared to a guy who has been above sixty percent in back to back years. At that, that's just hard to overcome, and, and we shall see. And, and I understand the uh, what's what's attractive about if Robbie Ashford isn't the starter, the folks that will say find find special packages for him and use him as a goal line back and use him as a short yardage situation. To be honest, after watching Robbie this past year, the thought of him. Being a backup quarterback for an entire season and learning an entire offense the way a traditional backup quarterback you know, needs to be able to step in and, and emulate the starter, spending a whole year in a system learning it and mm-hmm. figuring it out wouldn't be the worst thing for him before he gets back on the field for another year. Now, if he wants to... If he wants to you know, leave and find somewhere where he can be on the field a lot more than he might be at Auburn this fall, I, I would understand the thinking behind that. If he decides that, you know, that, that eventually uh, the, the future you know, is, is going to be elsewhere, like, like I, I get the possibilities in play here, but I also could see why you know, may, maybe holding off on the, like, let's make him this sort of short yardage specialist and right. let him refine the the parts of his game as a quarterback that need refining like there there could be some upside in that down the road if if Robbie sort of you know he's a he's in the rock tumbler right now and and if he you know if if he if, if the things go right you could see more of of what people of of the flashes people saw in Robbie Ashford this past year but for Hugh Freeze I understand why he's got to go get somebody more proven right now to begin his Auburn career in a, in a in a position of strength at quarterback, we're, we're going to take a break, uh, and we uh, is, is that we get we got the we got the music coming. Oh yeah, so, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Dan and Justin in the studio. Stick around. We'll be back. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number one of the Friday edition of the drive. Justin Ferguson's here, but he had to step out. 
for a quick phone call. So we will uh, have Justin back in just a moment. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We're going to talk to Bill Cameron in a few. But first things first, let's get to the phones. And Daniel is on the line. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Dan. How are you, man? Doing all right. Good to hear from you. Excellent. Uh, hey, I did want to just highlight a thought. I had a question. Um, I know Auburn goes out to Cal in week two, uh, UC Berkeley. And um, I was wondering, what's the relationship between Auburn and Pac-12 teams? What's kind of our record? Obviously, the first game that comes to mind is the national championship game. But uh, if you could kind of just highlight Auburn's uh, history with the Pac-12. Well, I mean, there have been quite a few games in the last 20 years or so because Auburn's had, what, the pair of games against USC uh, back at the uh, at the beginning of the uh, of, of the 2000s uh, where, where USC uh, beat Auburn two times, uh, the opener in 2003, uh, Matt Leinert's first game uh, was, uh, was, was one of Auburn's memorable Pac-12 matchups. They had the Washington State uh, game to open... At Washington State, I think a couple of times uh, here in, uh, in Auburn in, in the, uh, in the 2000s as well. There was the opener against Oregon, uh, in, uh, Atlanta, right? Or that was in Dallas. There was the opener against Oregon in Dallas. There was the opener against Washington in Atlanta. That was in the last, uh, decade or so. There's also, uh, the series against, uh, UCLA, uh, coming up in, in the next thing. I don't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. We could probably work on that and get it to you, uh, you know, another, later in the show or on another show. But uh, Auburn has played quite a few, uh, Pac-12 games, uh, in the, in the last, ju- just in the last, uh, 20, 25 seasons or so. Remarkable number of games against teams that are currently in the Pac-12. I guess UCLA won't be, a Pac-12 team anymore when they play Auburn because the Big Ten change will have happened uh, by then. But Auburn has played quite a few of the teams uh, in the uh, in the Pac-12, and like you said, a national championship game against the Oregon Ducks as well in uh, at the end of the 2010 season. Great stuff, Daniel. Let's uh, let's get back to the phones. And Bill Cameron uh, is uh, is on the line. He's taking a day off uh, for the most part, but still called in on a very big day in the Auburn area. Not not just the start of a series in baseball against the number one team in the country. Maybe a, a top two, top three draft pick. Maybe the number one overall pick starting for LSU tonight in this series. Also, Auburn going and getting Peyton Thorne, Michigan State quarterback from the portal. What's up, Bill? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a feeling that, you know, usually take a day off, something's going to happen. But, uh, but no, good news for Auburn. They had the quarterback from the transfer portal. I'll say this, it was a great day to, uh, I mean, it's ne- never, never, never a load of fun to be, uh, spending the most of the day working in the yard. But if you're going to do it, a day like today wasn't bad. It, uh, never got too terribly hot because it was overcast and sprinkled a few times. But no, the addition of Peyton Thorne, I think that's the guy that Hugh Freeze had wanted. Um, they obviously were, were interested in him. It was, it was a more obvious interest in Peyton Thorne, I think, than we'd seen with any other quarterback thus far that had been in the transfer portal. And Auburn really, really needed one. I thought, uh, yeah, it was interesting with, um, with, with, uh, Hugh Freeze saying last week, maybe in a day or so. And in, indeed, within the next two days, two guys pop up, one that visited Auburn and Casey Thompson and the other one, and uh, Peyton Thorne doesn't visit, but he goes ahead and commits. We said, you know, it's not that uncommon these days. You don't have to visit in person. There are so many meetings that can go on online. So 
nice pickup, I think, for Auburn. It'll be interesting to see when he shows up and is able to get started working. I would imagine, I would imagine he'll be in in the next couple of weeks. Uh, try to be here for the uh, workouts that start in uh, toward toward the end of May. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I heard you guys a little while ago, and and Keon Coleman, the receiver from Michigan State. He is visiting Florida State this weekend, but supposed to stop by Auburn on Sunday. So, so Auburn does have the uh, graduate uh, receiver from North Texas in this weekend, Jair Shorter, who averaged 27 yards a catch this past year, 23 receptions for 628 yards. And out of his 23 receptions, 11 of them were for touchdowns. He was one of the best deep threats in the country, and then, and uh, so he'll be in this this weekend, and then Keon Coleman coming in. Yeah, like like Justin was mentioning, the um, the uh, Caleb Burton, the Ohio State freshman, is uh, very much someone that uh, that that Auburn's interested in. And I'm seeing some folks now giving their predictions that Mon, uh, that Mon, that Montana Lamonius Craig uh, will wind up at Auburn. So looks like they're about to add a couple of receivers, which would be really nice. I guess the if they can do that, then probably the most important piece left uh, would be if they could get Isaac Ukwu, the uh, James Madison um, pass rusher, even though they still want to hear from the uh, Tulsa offensive lineman and the junior college offensive lineman. So still a busy time with, with all the football stuff, but this is a huge addition, I think. Auburn needed this for the for the momentum and to try to – bringing a couple of other guys here on on the, on the offensive side here in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's the 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 pitch to receivers has to be easier now that you've landed a quarterback with Peyton Thorne's track record. Not that he's guaranteed to be your starter, but if if there were receivers looking at Auburn that were apprehensive about who was going to be throwing them the football, what kind of quarterback situation they would be stepping into, I have to imagine the argument is helped with Peyton Thorne now enlisting to, to go to Auburn. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that in uh, 25 career starts has thrown 46 touchdown passes. Uh, I don't I don't think Auburn, you know, I don't think Auburn has had a quarterback that's ever done that. And that's crazy. People are looking at his numbers. I'm seeing some people going, that's ah, not that impressive. Well, that's a better percentage. Like like Justin was saying a while ago, uh, Garrett Stidham's the last quarterback that completed the uh, percentage of passes that uh, that Peyton Thorne has. It's uh, I guess everybody expects you know if you're not seventy percent, then you're no good. I, I I don't know. I think Hugh Freeze will take this, no question. Yeah, Stidham threw twenty seven or no Stidham threw thirty six touchdown passes in uh, twenty seven games as yeah. Auburn starter in 2017 and 2018, completed right around 64% of his passes in uh, two seasons. Actually had, uh, you know, r- right under, I think it's, it's, it's almost exact, they're, they're both just under 6,000 yards. Stidham in his two years as Auburn starter and, and the last two, two and a half seasons of uh, football, 25 games, like you said, for Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne, who goes into the, uh, the the portal now. We've had people sort of wondering, like, what does this mean for Robbie and Holden? You know, and, and you, you don't want to write off the chance that one of the internal options could could win this job, but Peyton Thorne seems favored. What's your, what's your sort of read on 
on what what it what it could mean for the guys that were battling for the job here on campus. Well, I I think it means that the uh, the battle's tougher. Um, I, I'm sure Hugh Freeze, if one of the other, if one of the two guys who's been here, or Hank Brown is is more impressive than Peyton Thorne, he'll play the guy that he thinks is going to help him win the games. But the challenge, I believe, has just gotten tougher for all the guys. Absolutely. So Peyton Thorne, the Michigan State quarterback, making the decision to uh, to jump into the portal about a week ago, and he ends up choosing Auburn. We're talking with Bill Cameron about it. Bill decides to uh, to call in on his day off because so much is going on. Bill, want to? Uh, I know you're going to be at the baseball park uh, in a, in, a, in a, just just a few minutes or so. As wait, when's, when's first pitch tonight? Is it six? O'clock, yeah, six, six o'clock. o'clock yeah, six o'clock so, first pitch. So you, you'll make your yeah, way. So I, was, I, was wrapped, I was wrapping up the work, getting in the uh, shower, and just trying to uh, just trying to relax for a little bit before going over. Yeah, look, look, it should be a great crowd. Looks like really good weather. It's going to be very pleasant at the ballpark tonight. Now we'll see how pleasant LSU makes it. I mean, it's going to be quite a challenge tonight. But hey, Auburn's really been swinging the bats well. They're back home. They've won three straight series. So they're coming in feeling pretty good about themselves as well. Yeah, what what worked for Auburn in the South Carolina series last weekend, Bill? Like, what what was it? I mean, that was, that was a, a one of the bigger upsets as far as a series win that we've seen in conference this year for Auburn to go into South Carolina and win two or three. What was what was working in those uh, in, in those first two games for Auburn? Well, what Auburn did last week is they jumped on South Carolina early. I mean, you're not going to have that capability of scoring before the other team gets a chance to bat. But, I mean, what, what Auburn needs to try to continue is to see if they can do some damage early. If LSU has uh, a weakness, it may be at the back end, in the bullpen. I mean, um, not likely you're going to get Paul Skeens really, you know, early and knock him out or anything. But if you can, uh, uh, you know, try to do some damage against him, uh, we'll see We'll see how good Auburn is at working the counts. But, but yeah, I mean, it, this is the you know one of the biggest challenges they've had. I'm really looking forward to seeing Skeens because he just gets uh, raves for his durability, the consistency that he has, being able to throw upper 90s or triple digits throughout the entire game. Apparently, doesn't lose anything. So I'm really looking forward to that. Seeing how Albert approaches it. It's a guy also who would probably would probably be a first round pick if he just played catcher. Like if, if all if oh, yeah. all he focused on if all he focused on was being a catcher and a hitter he would he would most likely be projected as a first round pick in Major League Baseball as a starting pitcher he could be one of the first two players taken and could be uh, depending on who takes him I mean he could be up he could be up by the end of the season or very early uh, next year in Major League Baseball folks have a chance to see him tonight uh, the uh, can't help but I mean I want to see Auburn do well this weekend Bill. You tell me he's an Air Force transfer. I mean, I got 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 a root, got a root for the former, got a root for the former Air Force Academy guys, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's cool to see the former freshman of the year in the Mountain West who is uh, starting for LSU tonight. What a season uh, Paul Skeens has had. What about this LSU lineup, Bill? I know there's uh, uh, there's there's some there's some dynamite in the uh, in the bats there in Baton Rouge. Oh, no question about it. I mean, they they've got. Uh... Uh, power throughout, up and down, uh, and on, and the, uh, the lineup. I mean, they always, I mean, you know, they're a team that is sort of known as, you know, a, a, a team that, that, uh, you remember Gorilla Ball, all the talk of that. I mean, that's, that's something that, that you just, uh, think of with, um, with, with LSU. They've got one of the top, one of the top prospects, if not the top hitting prospect in the country, 
uh, any well in, in Cruz. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy. And, and Auburn's shaking things up. They're giving Chase also who has, has struggled. He's got great stuff, but they're giving him uh, a start. He's a guy that early in the season Auburn had, um, you know, expected to be a weekend starter. Well, here we are coming down the stretch. Tommy Vale and uh, uh, Christian Hoper, uh, Herbert Holtz are, are moving to Saturday and Sunday. So uh, this uh, this this is this is big. I mean, a lot of a lot of pressure. I expect Auburn to you know to have everybody in the pen ready early on. Uh, I mentioned Dylan Cruz. All he's doing is hitting four eighty six, mm-hmm. four eighty six. Dan with. Uh, uh, 13 homers, 53 RBIs. Tommy White leads the nation in RBIs with 73. He's hitting 369. Yeah, th- as a team, I was pulling up their stats. I wanted to look at them as a team. They're hitting 318 with 87 homers in 44 games. So yeah, they swing it pretty good. And it would be a, a huge. I mean, winning, winning the series would be huge for Auburn's postseason resume. You know, even taking a game against LSU, uh, Auburn would would be uh, would, you know it, it would it would be. Beneficial. beneficial. Yeah, if, if they take a game, they're they're still in position. They play Ole Miss and uh, Missouri, the, the two teams at the bottom of the SEC the last two weekends. If they can win those two series, that's four more wins. You get one this weekend, that's 14, and that just about guarantees you're in the postseason. Right, and if you can get over 14, as we had someone point out to us, Earlier this oh, week, you got the chance of posting. yeah, you, you get you get the chance of maybe postseason baseball being played in Auburn tonight. You don't want to get that. You don't want to get ahead of yourself. You know, a lot of baseball to be played before that gets First sorted thing you out. Want to but, do is win one, win win a game as soon as you can this weekend. Yeah, it sh- should be an electric atmosphere at the ballpark tonight, and then the Eagle flight tomorrow as well. So yeah, just uh, what the, the the second to last home series of the year for Auburn That's baseball right. and they're and they're and they're bringing in the number one team in the country in the LSU Tigers. Enjoy the game tonight, Bill. Uh you know, finish off your uh, margarita uh, here on uh, Cinco de Mayo and and uh, and have a uh, have a great uh, rest of your Friday. Thanks for calling in. We will uh, uh we'll talk to you on Monday. Looking forward to it. Have a good weekend, Dan. Bill Cameron, everyone, even though it's his day off, he uh, t- taking a personal day to, among other things, work in the yard. I wasn't going to air out Bill's business, but he, he decided to talk about how much yard work uh, he had to catch up on uh, today. And it's uh, a little, little quieter on campus with the, uh, with, the, with the finals wrapping up in, in our department. But, uh, yeah, Bill calling in, nevertheless, to talk about Peyton Thorne and a huge Auburn baseball series. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer is in the house. We're going to talk some more with Justin uh, Matthew Cleveland news that yep. we can get to as there could be more big news coming uh, in the world of Auburn uh, football and Auburn men's basketball in the transfer portal uh, down the pike. We'll be back with more. You're listening to the Friday edition of The Drive. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air's newest giveaway is going to help you see the light. Your home is about to get a glow up when you receive $5,000 in new landscape lighting, making you the light of the party all summer long. But don't turn the lights off yet. To brighten your day, we're going to be giving away prizes every week on our website and social media pages leading up to the grand prize announcement on May 31st. You have between now and May 28th to enter, so head over to calldixie.com to light the way with Dixie. License number 15033. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of our number one here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us as well. Bill Cameron taking the day off, still called in uh, in the in the previous segment to talk about all the news of the day. Justin, tell everybody about all the great work you and the rest of the gang do at the Auburn Observer. Well, Dan, you're part of the gang. Hey, oh, I, I wasn't going to, you know, I was, I was going to mention that. but Yeah, so... Uh, we had a lot of stuff up uh, this week. It's a pretty busy week at the Observer. Um, I've got a film room on Jalen McLeod. Uh, got a uh, story on um, on. Let's see, we had a mailbag out today. I put up some notes on uh, Peyton Thorne uh, that you can check out if you're an Observer subscriber. Had a podcast where Dan and I flew solo uh, and had a real eventful time with it uh on thursday i've i've heard some real positive responses to the last 20 the last 20 minutes or so the non the non-sports part although i do think there's there's some confusion about the auburn landmarks that we were talking about and because i we'll we'll get into this at another time but there's uh i I got it so i told you i think i knew the people who live in that house at the end of the at the end of that road and somebody emailed me today and informed me that yes i do know who it is yeah so yes um, uh, had a story on Jalen Simpson. We talked uh, Peyton Thorne, Casey Tom. I mean, there's been a st- ton of stuff at the Observer. You can check it out auburnobserver.com. It's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. You get all the newsletters, uh, all the notes, uh, all the podcast uh, with uh, with with Dan and Painter, and uh, we'll have a lot. We'll have a lot to discuss next week for sure. It's it's a great gift for Auburn graduates uh, yeah. that you may uh, you may be shopping for if you if you want to get them a, a way to stay on top of their favorite. College football and basketball program. The Observer makes a great gift as a subscription with Auburn graduation ceremonies this weekend. Mother's Day on uh, on Sunday. We haven't uh, a week uh, from Sunday. A yeah. week from Sunday. Is it not the Sunday? It's not. It's All right. A- good. Okay. Well, that that gives me that pales that, that buys me a little bit more time. There you go. Uh, but you got yeah Mother's Day coming up and then uh, uh, Father's Day as well. So yeah, if you're if you're in the uh, if you're in the market for something, I, I do recommend uh, an Auburn Observer subscription among other um, among other po- uh, possible uh, gifts out there. I think it's a a great. And you're going to be tracking the roster between now and the start of fall term. Mm-hmm. I suspect you're going to be writing about some more additions Absolutely. to Auburn in football yeah. and men's basketball. Yeah, that Jalen McLeod film room. If you if you are interested in in finding out more about him, you can check that out. And I'll have more uh, early next week on uh, on Peyton Thorne. And additionally, um, I think that. Uh, uh, you know, there's a chance that we can hear some basketball news here uh, over the over the next few days. Uh, Matthew Cleveland, uh, going to make his announcement on on Friday, or I'm sorry, Friday, today's Friday on Sunday between Auburn, Miami, and Missouri, and uh, of course Tyron Lawrence uh, making it to the G League uh, Combine. Um, so it will make it a little interesting to see what his decision is coming up with Auburn trying to get the the leading score from Vandy. Could still could still come back into college basketball, but. Sure. Uh, that that combine can be beneficial to someone in their uh, in, in their hopes of uh, continuing a pro career as well. We'll be back with more. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around.
ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Pivotal Game 3 on the way tonight for the Celtics and 76ers with their NBA Eastern Conference semifinal series all knotted up at a game apiece. The Sixers will honor big man Joel Embiid for his first ever NBA MVP award at a pregame ceremony. Playoff doubleheader caps off West Semis Game 3. Nuggets and Suns. One reason Phoenix is down two games to none. The play of DeAndre Ayton leaves first take host Stephen A. Smith. What the hell is going on with you? You don't have a pulse? Jokic is giving it to this brother. Nikola Jokic is shooting 50% with 37 points in two games when guarded by DeAndre Ayton. Do you not have something to say about that? This man is abusing you. He's embarrassing you. Do something about it, damn it. Suns point guard Chris Paul is out with a groin strain. Doubleheader coverage starts in an hour on ESPN TV. Duke freshman Dariq Whitehead, a projected first-round pick in next month's NBA draft, will have a second foot procedure, is expected, though, to be fully recovered by the start of the regular season in the NBA. He's ranked number 24 in ESPN's latest mock draft. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Friday Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Justin Ferguson. From the Auburn Observer, hanging out with us on a beautiful Friday. Drew at the controls. The capable Drew producing as he does. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. As we wrap up the week here on The Drive. Congratulations to all the Auburn graduates out there celebrating the conclusion of their undergraduate Experiences and uh, and yeah, be uh, be safe and uh, and and have a have a good time uh, this weekend as Auburn yeah should be yeah should, should be a lot going on. We were, we were saying it all week between graduation ceremonies, the uh, Cinco de Mayo stuff going on tonight, Auburn and LSU in baseball. Uh, that game game one of a three game series getting underway in just under an hour uh, from Plainsman Park uh, with the top pitcher in college baseball going for LSU. And Auburn looking to uh, knock off the Tigers and, and pull off a, a surprising series win for the second week in a row after beating South Carolina in Columbia last weekend. Uh, South Carolina was uh, number two when Auburn beat them. LSU enters this weekend at number one in the polls. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You can call the show, 334-321-1390 on the Kia of Auburn hotline. You can text the show, 
334-564-1840 on the Drive Text Box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. So there's the baseball series going on. Auburn lands a big quarterback from the portal, Peyton Thorne, uh, the uh, target of Hugh Freeze and his staff really since entering the uh, since, since, since jumping into the transfer portal uh, just, just under a week ago, Peyton Thorne has been pursued uh, by Auburn and he uh, makes it now he make, makes it public earlier today. That's where he's going to continue his college football career. I've been talking to Justin Ferguson from the Observer about what the addition of Peyton Thorne means to the team. Could be some other news on the horizon with some with Auburn, uh, some other Auburn targets making their decisions in the near future. We'll talk about that with Justin throughout hour number two. Love to hear from you though. James is on the line. Let's get to the phones. And James is up first in hour number two. What's up? James, you there? Hey, I'm here. Hey, what's, what's up, James? Hey, uh, I just wanted to give you a little tidbit of information from my friend up in Tuscaloosaville. Uh, I won't say who he is, but uh, anyways, he called me. He said uh, things are getting really bad up that way. And uh, he said people are turning on each other up there. And I thought y'all might find that a little bit on the interesting side that it seems to be a little funny up there all of a sudden. We we talked about the Brad Bahannon stuff a lot yesterday, and and there's not a there's not a ton to add. I do want to get Justin's thoughts yeah. on on sort of you know wh- where this goes. It's been here. a really it's been a really uh, tough couple of months there for the PR for for Alabama's uh, sports sports program for, for sure. Right, and and the the Brad Bahannon story, uh, former former Auburn assistant coach among other places, but Alabama head coach since 2018, Brad Bahannon was let go yesterday after a couple of days after there was a, a suspicious uh, suspicious bets involving. The Alabama LSU game last Friday, ESPN running a story yesterday uh, saying that uh, casino surveillance footage shows that Brad Bahannon was in contact with somebody wagering on Alabama LSU baseball while they placed the bets inside a casino in Cincinnati, Ohio uh, last week. Which is connected to Great American Ballpark, Great, yeah, it's the which is on where? Pete Rose Way. Pete Rose Way. It's well, <laughs> a little too of, on the nose. Of all, of all the places, yes, yeah, Cincinnati yeah. has to be the place where this happens. But it's, uh, no, this, this Brad Bahannon thing is a bombshell and, and it yeah. you know becomes one of the biggest stories in all of sports. And Alabama tried to get out in front of it by firing uh, Brad Bahannon on, uh, you know, on, on, on Thursday morning after the news becomes public. But the story doesn't go away with, no. with Brad Bahannon's termination and yeah you wonder if there could be you know if they, if they can contain this to just baseball or if this is something uh that, that could that could start to jeopardize other aspects of alabama athletics and and even the status of the ad greg Byrne. yeah it's it's, it's a real tough situation uh, for sure um because i the, the scandal the whole the whole plot and all that just seems so ma- minor league because I mean, it, it should set off so many alarm bells, especially if you like put. In, uh, I was talking to my brother about this today. The the fact that anybody's wagering heavy money on college baseball at this point in the year is usually like, whoa, that's usually not something that happened. So it immediately, you know, kind of kind of raises some some red flags. Um, but then it's just they got you on they got you on footage talking to the, like were you on FaceTime or something like what like how did how are they able to kind of nail that down super quickly and uh I, I still think the other funniest part about it about this whole story though is just like 
you were playing LSU. Yeah, Alabama's probably not going to beat LSU anyway, but like still trying to trying to score a little bit more on it is just wild. Yeah, I mean, and and we it's the the mind wanders as far as what motive you know what Brad Bahannon could have gained out of this, or if this was you know if this is more innocent than it seems as far as a guy providing insider gambling tips to folks. You know what what did. What was in it for Brad Bahannon? You know, you'd think if it's if it's finances, you know, he's well compensated as an SEC head coach in baseball. But you know, hey. maybe you know, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's avarice. You know, yeah, maybe greed can make people do you know, crazy and uh, and 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 illogical things. Maybe it's uh, yeah, there, you know, there's any there's any number of, of there was, uh, you could get into. There was a conversation yesterday when the story broke. I think it was a good one. It's. For so many years, for decades and decades, organized sports in America did not really like they 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 they, they treated gambling as kind of a taboo thing. You didn't really reference it at any point. You didn't really have any because you know you didn't want to even have the appearances of it. And with the rise of online sports books. And the money that they generate and how, you know, it's crazy. It's just sports and the sports media industry in, in, in general have been co-opted by the you know, sports gambling. And it makes you it makes a ton of money. And, you know, uh, my former employer uh, wrote a quick little story about this yesterday. And the banner ad on their site was for the MGM Sportsbook. And it's just like, okay, like... Again, there, it's two different situations where you know having an, a, a contact with gambling or, or real, you know recognizing that it exists is not the same thing as what Brad Bohanna did. But I will say we have come a long way uh, in a very short amount of time where it was like you didn't talk, you didn't even you know sports broadcast would never even reference it, or if you did, it was like that little like cheeky. Yeah, Brett, Brett Musburger used to have to be you know he has to be vague about the folks in the desert. Who, yeah. who care about the point spread, like stuff like that during during football games. And that now was, Michaels would do the same yeah, kind of thing. That, that, that but, that and now it's like you could get. It's like you turn on ESPN or something like that, and you will you will see advertisements for. Oh, know, not just advertisements. You will see. I mean, I believe paid content. Well, I was going to say, I, I believe the show that comes on ESPN two during our broadcast. There's like a thirty minute or hour long. Yeah, daily, the gambling show. Yeah, yeah, the, the daily gambling show, which tells you you know the hot tips from the touts. That are out there, and it's it's vaguely similar to, you know that that scene in Two for the Money with with the, the you know with Jeremy Piven mm-hmm. and, and Matthew McConaughey and, and Al Pacino all giving their, their their gambling tips in the infomercial. I mean, it is uh, yeah, it's it's remarkable, and it's you know I, I think when a how how a gambling scandal is covered by outlets that are now so reliant on. Yeah. Advertising money from casinos. I mean, the guy, the guy who wrote the story yesterday at ESPN was their gambling guy. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense, but also it's just like it is. It is one of those things where it's just it, the the tonal shift that happened around gambling is like I'm not saying it created this, and I'm not saying it's like, but it, it is really interesting that you know sports has kind of been consumed even more publicly by this and it's like okay and now we have this kind of schedule. I mean it's not the only thing there are that it was the those NFL guys uh here recently uh Jameson Williams being one of them um getting suspended for for gambling not even on NFL games but on 
college games. Calvin and then Calvin Ridley really missed a whole year. Calvin really missed a whole year because of it. So um, it, I mean, it does have an effect. It does have an impact. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm I'm nervous about the future of sort of the you know the the expansion of sports gambling. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it as a growth opportunity for media outlets and things sure. like that, but. Yeah, I, th- I think scandals involving college athletes and mm-hmm. college coaches could become more commonplace than they were now. That be- that was one of the concerns people had. I mean, about uh, a decade ago, there was one here. The, the argument against the legalization of sports gambling nationwide, one of the arguments was, well, you, you, will, you will expose college athletes and, and folks who aren't necessarily national prominent figures to, you know, have, having... Bad actors want to be mm-hmm. in contact with them to to manipulate competition for financial gain, and I don't. I, I feel like the counter to that is don't worry about it, right? It's almost right. like yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's like well, or or we will try to prevent that, and we will. And I think I think expanding NIL mm-hmm. is probably a good step because if if college athletes were more financially desperate than they are right now, right. that would only make them more attractive targets for people who wanted to manipulate games for gambling purposes. And, and so allowing folks to legally make money is one way to counteract sure. that. But it's still, I mean, there's so much college basketball out there. Right? Right. Like it's there, I mean, and, and college baseball too, right? And, and it's mm-hmm. just... Dude, you, there, are offshore, there are offshore books and sites where you can bet on college softball. You can bet on... I don't think you can bet on college gymnastics, but you can bet on pretty much anything that has any sort of any sort of result that you can like gamify. Basically, yeah, there, there there are offshore books that will take action on yeah re- relatively you small ever tried scale. To bet, you ever tried to bet on golf before? It's insane, yeah. but it happens, and, and 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 I'm sure that happens at the college level. I mean, there are times when I've been able to find lines on women's basketball, like low low mid major women's basketball yeah. games from that. We used night. to find when I covered Auburn softball when I was first out of college, like we used to find lines for games when they were playing like Northwestern State on a on a Wednesday yeah. night. Like you could find a line for that. And if that's the case, it's like, okay, there's somebody getting getting action anywhere. And none of this is to justify You can bet on esports. N- n- none of this is to I justify or excuse Brad Bahannon either. Sure. But, but I no. think it's it's you wonder if he will be one of the first in a in an era where this becomes more commonplace, and he'll be one of the names that we talk. And it about makes as. you and it makes you wonder how much this kind of stuff already happens because the whole thing about him getting caught it was, it was so obvious. Like everything you hear about what happened there is just like, well, dang! It was like you wanted to get caught with how obvious it was. It, it, it was made out to. I'm be. sure there are multiple states and probably the University of Alabama themselves that want to know how how often this was happening and whether or not. Sure. Other games had been uh, had been suspicious, uh, you know, had, had been wagered on suspiciously, uh, and that's uh, we, we had a caller earlier this week asking because I don't know the answer to this. You know, what sort of what, what you know jurisdictions is this? D- does it matter what state the game is played in? Uh, does any state that took action on the game have a, a viable case? You know, things like that, but. I mean, it's it's not the kind of questions you want asked about you as a as a as a college coach because it's it's scary stuff that Brad Bahannon has uh, has has found himself in the thick of uh, with uh, with with the scandal that caused his termination earlier this week at Alabama. We'll be back with more. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around. 
is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olene Price. When we have the opportunity to assist residents of this county, we are pleased to offer options in an effort to make your business with us as convenient as possible. You may visit any of our three offices, one in Auburn, one in Opelika, and in Smith Station. We are open to serve you Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Central Time and 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Smith Station. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the... Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us as well. Drew at the controls having a, a chit-chat over there with someone on the phones as well. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Bill taking a personal day. Bill will be uh, back on Monday. He's going uh, to the baseball game uh, tonight. He's checking out Auburn LSU as uh, Auburn uh, Paul Skeens, uh, the uh, starter for LSU, uh, taking on the uh, the Auburn Tigers as, as they look to improve their position in the postseason. Talking about a lot of cool stuff going on with Justin Ferguson, including Auburn signing uh, or Auburn getting a commitment from Peyton Thorne. Uh, the, they signed him. Uh, okay, he's, he's officially signed. Uh, Auburn getting a uh, getting uh, ink and paper on uh, the the, uh, the Peyton Thorne, the Michigan State quarterback for most of the last three seasons. Twenty five career starts for Peyton Thorne, all Big Ten honorable mention after yeah. the twenty twenty one season, and a guy who comes in with a uh, with a solid track record as a starting quarterback and someone who represents at least on paper a clear upgrade in the room over what Auburn has, but there will be a competition. Robbie Ashford writing on Twitter, uh, iron sharpens iron in response to uh, the uh, signing of Peyton Thorne. We'll talk to Justin about that, some other things it could mean uh, going down, uh, c- coming up for Auburn football. Let's get to Mitch, who's on the phone. What's up, Mitch? Hey, guys. Uh, Brad Bohannon thing, uh, you mentioned it a couple times, uh, Dan. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, wire fraud might be something <laughs> they could come up with that because you know using the internet your phone mail uh you know i don't know you know the true definition of what you can be charged with for wire fraud but that might be a possibility of what they were doing with this gambling stuff you know using the phone or texting or whatever i don't know but that might be something yeah you know you wonder if if you open yourself up again not a lawyer either um you wonder if you open yourself up to fraud uh, proceedings uh, by being part of a either either by sharing inside information with someone who plans on using it to gamble or uh, or, or by I, I guess being involved in gambling of a, of a sporting event that you yourself uh, have have an outcome you know have a say in the outcome of I, that that's that's interesting I, I don't know I guess I should look up like what the what were the Auburn point shaving players charged with like what what were the crimes in in the in the point shaving scandal a decade ago because we did have like uh like like Justin pointed out there was a there was a point shaving scandal involving some some Auburn basketball players not all that long ago uh, so so I guess that would also clarify uh, what what sort of criminal charges you could face if you were found to be uh, participating illegally in in something like that 
Yeah, it was right. it was it was a uh, it was bribery. It was okay. some accepting bribes. Oh, that's well, that's interesting because if there was any sort of financial exchange, uh, it is against uh, it is against state law as as it was pointed out during the uh, Chuck Person scandal. Um, it is against state law in Alabama for any university employee to accept a bribe, and so I guess if Brad Bahannon was exchanging insider gambling tips for money that could be seen as bribery within the state and that yeah. would expose the him two to, charges the two charges yeah. were conspiracy to defraud and uh with bribery and sporting contests which are both felony charges i would i would think that maybe those are criminal charges that we could hear more about in in the future involving this brad behind anything what was the name of that the one with the criminal charges is it conspiracy to defraud conspiracy to defraud with 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 in a, in a sporting event mm-hmm. yeah Okay, well, changing gears to LSU, uh, um, got a couple questions for you, and, mm-hmm. and you're the perfect you're the perfect guy. Um, how did this superstar LSU pitcher get started at the Air Force Academy? It's a great question. I am I, I I'm I'm not aware uh, too much. Uh, Dan, do you do you have any uh, anything in, in in here with him? Yeah, I I don't believe. Um... I, I don't believe he was a I don't think he was like as major a recruit. Like I think I think he's somebody who developed uh, over right. the over his first two years as as a as a pitcher at Air Force. Like I think he was a he was a good college baseball recruit, but sort of surprised everyone with how great he was in his first two seasons at Air Force. So sort of a slept on recruit that also I think maybe his desire to play at the his desire to go to the Air Force Academy um not to pursue professional baseball but but I think that also may have scared off some baseball programs that would have looked at him otherwise but no I think it's I mean he's he's somebody who blew people away relative to expectations in his two seasons at Air Force and professional baseball became a more realistic possibility for him, which is why he transferred away uh, to, to a place that would have him draft eligible after this year. Okay, well, um, uh, I know your, your your brother's at the Air Force Academy. Does he have to pay anything back since he transferred or anything like that? And where is he from and what's his measurable? All right. So he is, I, I can give you, he is from California. He's from Fullerton. Uh, and he okay. he is uh, listed at, uh, according to LSU, he is listed at 6'6", 247. Um, wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a big old dude. And, uh, you know, yeah. you know what? The, the, the comparison Bill Cameron made is uh, Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg was not viewed as a serious pro prospect upon leaving high school and went to San Diego State, and the developments he made over two years at San Diego State turned him from a guy that most major programs weren't looking at at all as a high school senior into the consensus number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. And I think there's similarities in the way Paul Skeens developed. I I did read it. I, I was looking up. He was committed, so he had a lot of mid-major offers. And during the when everything got shut down during the pandemic, um, he didn't really get a chance to his senior year kind of finish up like what you know what it didn't get to put on like even more tape for for uh, other programs. And he was committed to Air Force and and wanted to go ahead and and do that. But I'm not sure about the whole thing. Like you don't hear, damn, you don't hear very many guys from the service academies transferring out. That is usually something you don't really hear hear a ton about. And, and there's to answer your question about about financials, um, I think that you can transfer 
I think you have a deadline to where you can transfer without penalty at the service academies where you don't th- you don't owe them anything. But after after three or four years, it becomes an issue of if you're not going to fulfill your military obligation after after school, do do you owe a refund for the college credits that you've been provided? I think you have I think you have two and a half years to transfer without penalty before it becomes an issue. Um, but, but, but then after that, you, you may, you may owe some money to the federal government. Okay. All right. Well, last question. You, uh, you mentioned something that I didn't really catch. You said that if this guy would just play catcher and hit, he would be, I don't know, better or something. Who, who are you talking about? No, no, no. So, so Paul, he wouldn't be better. Paul Skeens, yeah, Paul Skeens is is uh, the top pitcher in college baseball. This guy from LSU that that, that started yeah. in Air Force, he's the top pitcher in college baseball and is projected to be a top three pick as a pitcher in Major League Baseball. If he wasn't a pitcher, if he just played catcher and DH, he would still probably be a first round pick because of because that's that's the kind of hitter that he is, and and he's a pretty good defensive catcher too. He's a better pitcher. Than he is a catcher, but if he focused on just hitting and playing catcher, he would he would ha- he would be projected as somebody who could still go in the first round of this year's draft. Okay, okay, so he's kind of like kind of like a hoodie. He can he's yeah. kind of yeah. He if, was if he's not pitching, he could play behind the plate if they needed him. Ab- ab- yeah, that's 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 absolutely right. I mean, and and, and they just they just thought uh, they just thought he, he I mean he's six six. He's a little too big to be a catcher. Uh, anymore. Yeah. So they so he goes to LSU with the thought process that hey we're going to concentrate you as a as a um, as a pitcher and uh, yeah he uh, at Air Force his fastball was mid nineties it would touch maybe ninety eight uh, he's been recorded at one hundred two a few times this year at LSU so concentrating just as a pitcher has has taken him to that and especially at a program like LSU where you're going to get some of the best coaching in America uh, of course so so now at Air last question I know I've been bombarding you guys but no you're good. Did, did did he play? Did he did he catch and pitch at yes. Air Force? Yeah, caught caught some at Air Force. I think it started to get tough for him. He's you know, like like Justin said, six six two fifty is big. That's hard on your knees. That's big <laughs> for a catcher. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but it's it's not so much the catching. It's you know he. I mean if if he weren't a pitcher, he'd probably be too big to be a catcher. But he'd be a first baseman DH with unreal power. Yeah. And and that and there's there's not a ton of those guys. That Major League Baseball teams, you know, want in, you know, in, those guys are in short supply too. Right. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for the information. War Eagle will be watching tonight on on the internet. I yeah, guess. I'll, I'll check the. Appreciate it, Mitch. Good stuff. I'll, I, I'll check the the lineup tonight. I think he I think he DHs. Yeah. For for LSU in these situations, I'll see if that's. Well, true. and that's then true. the other thing is, is that he would be. I mean, he would be the number one overall pick. In pretty in almost any year, but he might not even he might not get number one overall over his teammate because Dylan Cruz. What did Bill say he was hitting this year? It was like four eighty five or something like that. I mean, it's, it's it's Adley Rushman. So Adley Rushman came out of Oregon State as one of the best hitting prospects that, that they had seen from the college level. Um, Adley Rushman hit four. It was I think it was four fifteen his his final year at Oregon State. And so this dude is seventy points higher than that. Skeens will not be in the lineup tonight. He's 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 starting. With, yeah, they, they have a DH too. But but it's um, uh, yeah, no, he he is uh, an unreal. I mean, one of one of the top. M- most folks would say. I mean, there, there was people felt good about David Price. People felt good about. I just the two, the MLB.com two Vand- calls Skeens 
the best college pitching prospect since Strasburg. Yeah, Strasburg. And, and you know, about, about 12, 13 years it's, it's been yeah. since there's been someone quite like that. I mean, there was, I, I don't want to, uh, uh, the, um, Oh, the, the 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 Vanderbilt uh, starting pitcher that was the son of the Auburn Kumar Rocker yeah Kumar Rocker yeah Tracy Rocker's son it was a, a big time prospect yep. and and probably on the short list of the best pitching prospects Casey Mize would have been on that and list he wasn't too. The, he wasn't even the only one because uh, Lighter. Because yeah, Lighter's kid was was also they're in the same they're in the same system now. They're both they're both in the Rangers system now. Now they end up getting both of them. Yeah, the Rangers the Rangers waited. Oh, because because Kumar didn't sign with the Mets. The the Mets red flagged him, and then he went higher in the subsequent draft. But they're both in Texas' system now, which is pretty good. And Texas and Texas has got a. I mean, the the Rangers got some something cooking over there. Um, They're paying. Uh, an exorbitant amount of money for their middle infield, but um, boy, has, has LSU done well in the portal too? I mean, just oh, and, yeah. and not 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 one sport. You look and LSU's yeah. done okay in the portal. Paul Skeens could be uh, one of the top three picks in the draft. How about women's basketball, Justin? Mm-hmm. The numbers one and two players in the transfer portal in women's basketball have both chosen LSU, including uh, Haley Van Lith, the uh, the Louisville player. Uh, that that a lot of folks view as as you know the next big star in that sport. They're the reigning national champion as well in, in women's basketball. More drive coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Stick around. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive, Dan Peck. In the studio, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us on the Friday before the last Friday of really the last Friday of the school year. Justin, it's it's the you know this is the last day of finals for Auburn students. The uh, the graduation ceremonies underway over the next uh, over the over the next forty eight hours or so, and then uh, and, and then the the summer in Auburn begins. What are your favorite things about post school year summertime in Auburn? Less traffic. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, not to, but but not just, and I would say less traffic, not just in. On the roads, mm-hmm. but also in your grocery stores and in your restaurants yeah. and in your in your bars. That doesn't bother me as much as the traffic, like on the roads. You, you just yeah, just you just want that. Just to get that. Out of just way. yeah, that just the 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 city. And I have to be. I'm going to be very careful here with this. But let him have it. No, 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 no. I'm, the city of Auburn. Look, I the mayor I, listens. I, you tell him. Used to be. I mean, yeah, he, he I used to I be know. the guy here. I he know. used to be you. That's uh, right. Uh, and one day I'll be him. And one day, <laughs> one day Dan will be the mayor of Auburn. That's how I'm announcing. Yep, it's your candidacy right here. <laughs> He's uh, running. Um, no, I, 
I get, like, there's a lot of people who want to live in Auburn. It was the fastest-growing city in Alabama at the last census. I get it. I haven't left. You know, I, I came here in college. My family's here. I haven't left. I get it. I understand it. But also, the infrastructure for this city sometimes cannot support how many people are here. Um, and it's not just like, oh, football weekends is going to be crazy. But it's like, no, it's getting to the point now where it's like just folks who live here Especially when school's in session, is there? And and so, and can I? Can there's I, no there's no magic fix to that. It just it just is kind of that's the price of progress and growth. Can I, I add, can I add to this? And this is entirely anecdotal. I don't have access to the you know the numbers, but sure. it feels like for beginning of May, okay. I see more for rent signs than I feel like I used to. Like you know, what people I mean? like, going ahead and no, like, like there's like there's more spots still available. Maybe there's too many. You know, the units oh, okay. built, built like maybe it was maybe hmm. maybe they built too many of them and now there's you know there's there's more more apartments sure. than there are people maybe or more apartments than students looking to rent apartments in the fall. I, I think the thing now is I, I think the thing now is is that like families and like people who are trying to like get houses here. That's the thing that I know that is uh, I think that that might be a, a a tougher ball game than you know renting something out for a semester or two of school. I I, I agree though for the most part I I think. Uh, yeah, there's some some really cool. I mean, you by the time the summer's over, I'm ready for the students to get back, and I'm ready for the, the fall festivities sure. to begin. But a couple of months of Auburn being a little bit quieter, a little bit. Uh, a little... I loved when I was in college. I loved going to school in the summer. Yeah, as yeah. someone who lives here, lived here full time. Summer summertime Auburn's great. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's you know the hours change a little bit for some of the restaurants and bars, and I get that. But no, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, it, it's a it's it's a you know still still a lot of fun in a great town even when the uh, when the students go. We home. used to we used to play trivia every week on uh, when the summer just because you would have less competition, right? And I've <laughs> and I've I've hosted my share of trivia games yep. in those in those conditions at uh, at, at different spots uh, around town. He's Justin Ferguson uh, from the Auburn Observer uh, here. And uh, any any traffic uh, gripes you've got about Auburn since we're uh, since we're talking about the city here? I guess the, uh, I guess since Bill's not in right yeah, now, yeah. What do you I can, got? Yeah. No, I mean it's it's just. Uh, it's just there's too many people here sometimes, and I, I say and I say too many. Not saying we need to like, you know, they shouldn't be here. No, I mean they have everybody should you know. Like I said earlier, you know, I understand why people want to live in Auburn for sure. Um, but yeah, I just that's uh, there are certain intersections and there are certain stretches of road where it's like the certain time of day, you definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to uh, um, go anywhere near it. Um, I think my biggest traffic complaint, and I don't even think it's really a complaint, but my biggest traffic thing is the um, the intersection of Magnolia and Donahue by Mama Goldberg's right there on the edge of campus. That is the worst intersection in America. Because it gets backed up so oh, easily, oh, so well, easily. So, so yeah, no, we, we so our two I, in every direction too. Yeah, so my my primary traffic gripe in Auburn would be um, the, and especially now that the, the three twenty West Mag, the apartment complex that was built where the Chick Fil A used to be, and yeah. Domino's used to be, like that. The the crosswalk there when the students are in town is so busy all the time that traffic backs up because it's the, and and the pedestrians have the right of way throughout. Right. There's no light or anything, so because the pedestrians constantly have the right of way, traffic backs up hopelessly on both sides. There needs to be a stoplight in front of 320 West Mag so the mm-hmm. cars have the green light, and then when cars have a red light, pedestrians can cross through. But just letting pedestrians cross through and making cars wait for them yeah. backs up traffic. 
terribly on both sides. I'm hoping that by the start of the fall semester they can fix it. And, and the only fix, you're not getting students to take a skywalk. Like the, the, the fix needs to be, uh, the fix needs to be a stop, a stoplight. They're, they're mm-hmm. at the, at, in front of in 320 West Mag. The other one, you know, in general, I, I feel like some brutal potholes now, now around town and in, in ways where I, I can, you know, there's, uh, Opelika Road has has a couple now that are just like I mean sure. I mean I'm I'm uh yeah if you, you uh, these are these are things that can take out a tire if you're if you're going at a even at a reasonable speed and so uh, I would Drew, Drew was nodding his head like he knows the one I'm talking about so yeah just just in general you know and and the the Dean and Opelika intersection at the at the railroads right here is still broken too right like that mm-hmm. thing backs up in a way where yeah the timing just feels off yeah and I, and I think it's largely because now a lot of people live uh if and, you know stay on dean you know more people cro- yeah. you know stay and and, and go you know, stay on dean and go over up like a road rather than turning at that one it used to be a place where a lot of people just turned but there's mm-hmm. more than just the radio station back here now so people stay on, on dean there. road so yeah a couple but you know what a, a lovely city, and, and yeah, by and large, very few. Uh, you know, you're, you're doing a uh, you're doing a great job, Mayor. Keep that seat warm for me. All right, three three four three two one thirteen nine. Would it be hilarious if he called right now? Oh man! No. I, well, I've got, I've got a uh, I've, I've got a text message from somebody who's in contact with him. Uh, when, <laughs> we, have, we have somebody who's very angry. That's for talking about talking about Auburn traffic for a couple of minutes instead of sports. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll pivot back to uh, uh, we'll pivot back to sports here momentarily. But Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer is uh, is is here with us in the studio. Justin, tell folks again about all the yep. great work uh, you do at the Observer and, yes. and how they can uh, consume it. So you can get uh, all of our newsletters on Auburn football, men's basketball. So this week we had Jalen McLeod film room. We had a a story on Jalen Simpson uh, that I think people really. Uh, enjoyed um mailbag today uh it was a question and I, i'd be interested in what you think about this dan this might be this could be our, our final segment too um, i had a question the lead question in the mailbag today what would it take for auburn football to become a recruiting powerhouse like what like what are what's the what does that look like and what what you know what all goes on there um so you can check that out as well we've got podcast uh, we got roster trackers in both basketball and football that you can you know, keep an eye on. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of stuff on the site. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up at six dollars a month or sixty dollars for a full year. Everything we do as soon as it comes out gets emailed to your inbox. So um, today, if you're an Observer subscriber, uh, I had some uh, I had some notes on Peyton the Peyton Thorne transfer for some people I talked to this afternoon. Um, if you're a subscriber, you would have got them in those in your inbox. So you can check that out at the Observer as well. Also, uh, Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Should, should also that is that. something I have no idea about. I know it exists, and um, would you like me to? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll take a break. I, I will read. When we come back. We will I have will, horses. I will tell Justin the names of the horses, and, and you will. will and if one of them clicks, you, you'll tell folks who's going to win yep. the Kentucky Derby. We'll do that when we come back for the final segment of the week here on the Friday edition of the Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us on a 
beautiful Friday. You know, all the things going on in the uh, world of uh, in, in the in the world of sports. I have not uh, talked uh, too much about the Kentucky Derby going on tomorrow, which is always. I mean, it, it's a, a huge television event for NBC. Feels like NBC's chance to to let you know let everybody know about what's going to be on Peacock for the next uh, year and and everything else going on in, in their family of networks. And you know, the, the I find the hours leading up to the Kentucky Derby to be largely unwatchable. Justin, sure. The uh, the the uh, f- you know the focus on. Uh, you know the human interest stories about the horses and every horse. You know the the adversity that every horse overcame sure. to get to the Kentucky Derby, and you know the the story of of every- the typical like NBC like production of horses, like the Olympic the Olympic uh, story uh, lines for horses who don't know that they're in a race. Now there have been there have been some scratches this week in the actual derby lineup including a couple of deaths which is very unusual at Churchill Downs. Yeah, there have been four horses dying at Churchill Downs this week, two for unknown reasons, two after sustaining injuries. The uh, the the draw there was a horse scratched earlier today with a fever uh, which brings the uh, the field down uh, to 19 horses and so let's take a look the uh, the favorites on the board the number fifteen uh, post, you've got Forte with three to one odds. Forte, named after Will, named after Will Forte. That's the winner of the uh, Florida Derby. Uh, you've got from the number five post, Tap It Trice, mm. Tap It Trice at five like to one odds, one. Uh, and uh, you've got Angel of Empire from the fourteen post. Angel of Empire eight to one odds. On Angel of Empire, Angel of Empire, the winner of the Arkansas Derby. I love that every state yeah. has their own Derby, and you win one of those before you get to the uh, Kentucky Derby. Does Alabama have one? Uh, I don't know if there's. A, I'm, I'm sure there's. Is there be. even? A, is there a horse track in Alabama? Ooh, you know what there is? Uh, there's an awesome uh, fundraiser involving the Kentucky Derby here locally. Uh, Storybook, uh, Storybook uh, Farm yeah, Derby yeah. Day. Uh, you can go to hopeonhorseback.org and mm-hmm. learn more about how you can give uh, to that awesome cause. I know there are still tickets available too. Yeah. And that's a uh, that, that's a that's uh, a big deal. That's a big deal. If you're looking for something to do tomorrow, uh, the, uh, the the Hope on Horseback event uh, happening at Storybook Farms. So check out their uh, their Derby Day fundraiser. So Forte Tapit Trice and Angel Empire, your favorites. Then you got a. Uh, Kings Barnes, uh, Two Fills, Verifying, Mage, Confidence Game, Disarm, Reincarnate. What do you think? Any any of those? Confidence Game is pretty Confidence Game's got a 20 to 1 odds. The uh, Confidence Game, the son of Candy Ride, a, uh, sure. a fam- famous uh, champion, a winner of the Rebel Stakes. I might be making all of this up. Yeah. Right? Like, like it, it'd be could. fun. At the end of this segment, I say, by the way, all of this was made up and none of these horses are real. This was written real. by AI. That's that's right. We asked. We asked the, the simulator. I'm going to ask a chatbot to give me five horse racing names. Ooh. Okay. We'll 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 see if we if we have results on that by the end of the show. We will uh, we'll report back. But Forte, your favorite, then Tapit Trice, Angel of Empire, there at the top of the board in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Justin uh, has written extensively about Peyton Thorne before. Peyton Thorne uh, decided to come to Auburn when he was in the portal and and being rumored as, as an Auburn target. You wrote about him. Bo- boil it down before the end of the show, Justin. Like, what is Auburn getting in uh, Peyton Thorne to, uh, to to add to this to the to the team that has that has been extensively remade already since Hugh Freeze arrived in Auburn? I, you know, it just raises the the potential of what you can do in the passing game with Robbie Ashford last season just not being you know just being 
pretty low in terms of accuracy and efficiency, it's no guarantee of what kind of strides he can make. You know, obviously, I think there's a there's a lot of uh, intrigue in putting a guy out there who has two years of starting experience, um, has won, has won some, has won won a lot of games as a, as, a, as a quarterback, especially in that 2021 season. Um, good deep ball thrower, uh, which I think is going to be interesting. And yeah, just can you can you have enough of a passing threat to make your um, you know to make your running game like get that balance? And I think Peyton Thorne was at his best with an awesome running game. I think Auburn could potentially give him uh, kind of closer to what he what he was expecting to get at, at Michigan State in terms of that rushing attack. And um, I, I mean, it's it, it just it 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 raises what Auburn could do this year because you're going to have options and and you're going to be able to go into the fall um, with something different at quarterback. The fact that Auburn went through spring ball went through their quarterback situation and still went after somebody, I think is pretty telling. And so it'll be very interesting to see um, just what, you know, Auburn thinks they're going to get in Thorne and, and, and what, how, how different the, this offense could be with him. Right. And, and I imagine that with Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and Hank Brown, Auburn is probably finished with adding quarterbacks to the room in 2023. However, if I mean, I suppose Robbie Ashford would be the one where if if, if Robbie Ashford uh, you know decided uh, in the if, if Robbie Ashford decided between now and the start of the season uh, to look elsewhere, maybe Auburn would want to replace him in the quarterback room. I you know I, I don't know. I, like like you said, he would need to be with the portal closed. Uh, he would need uh, to uh, you know he he would need to find either a school. Either he would need to be willing to sit out a year. Which is now that that's allowed, right, Justin? Players can players could transfer outside of the portal window. They just lack immediate eligibility. So if Robbie Ashford wanted to go somewhere, and and you know that that would be that would be possibly an option if if he, if he wanted to move on. But he's also got the chance uh, to uh, uh, to stay and compete and and be either Auburn's starter or Auburn's backup, uh, depending on uh, how this uh, how this battle shakes out. But Peyton Thorne uh, coming in with 25 career starts at Michigan State, just under 6,000 career passing yards, a guy with an over 60% completion percentage uh, in a all-Big Ten honorable mention after the 2021 season. So it looks like Hugh Freeze has gone out and found a veteran quarterback who looks like he will begin the 2023 season as the starter to begin this new era of Auburn football. Auburn LSU going to get underway in just a few minutes. Uh, the game one of a big series in Auburn baseball. Bill Cameron is there at the ballpark. We'll talk about that on Monday. Could also get some news. When's the uh, Matthew Cleveland news? That's Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Sunday, so Matthew Cleveland, Auburn target, picking between Miami, Missouri, and Auburn, the former Florida State basketball player, would be a big addition for Bruce Pearl and Auburn if they can get him. Uh, But Miami and Missouri, both uh, very uh, uh, formidable opponents in the basketball transfer portal market. Justin? Uh, the Warriors Lakers uh, game. Uh, well, we got game three coming up on. Was that Saturday? That, is that tomorrow? Yep. How, how are you feeling about the series through two games? I mean, uh, tough to have the game that they had in game one for the for the Warriors and come back and, and fall short because Jordan Poole decided to take some really bad shots. Uh, one but, in particular, yeah, but you know, blew out the Lakers last night. Um, and series going to Los Angeles It'll be interesting to see how they counter. I thought. 
thought the Warriors had all the all the tweaks to their game plan that they really needed to make to beat a team like the Lakers, and you would expect the Lakers to counter in this next game. And back in back in L.A. should be interesting. Feels like the winner of the series could be the favorite. I mean, I know people say Boston and and Denver's a, a good team too. I, I would look at the winner of the series and think. Denver's just quietly smacking people. Yeah, right now. they are, and and, may, and maybe that's maybe that we'll get the era change. You know, in in the next in the next round. You know, between the winner of the series, if well, assuming Phoenix doesn't bounce back, because that's that's also. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean tonight, look, game two was about as bad as I've ever seen Kevin Durant look in a playoff game, mm-hmm. and between the injuries and the mileage, it's concerning. Do I think Kevin Durant got there tonight and score forty something and show you that he's still sure. Kevin Durant? Absolutely, but that's. I would also expect Chris Paul to continue to look like Chris Paul in the playoffs. I don't even know if Chris Paul's is he playing tonight. I, I, mean, I, I think I think he's I think he's out tonight. I mean, so it's 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 game three. Right, Suns might have a chance then. Must, yeah, must win for the for the Phoenix Suns. They got to do it without uh, Chris Paul. They got they got Durant. They got uh, uh, Devin Booker. Uh, they got dominating, but they uh, they, they need to. Uh, and this is this is a big one tonight in Phoenix against, like you said, a Nuggets team that is just absolutely uh, bulldozing folks right now. Justin Ferguson, thank you so much for uh, for dropping in. Uh, AuburnObserver.com. Dads, grads, moms, anybody who cares about Auburn, uh, a subscription to the Auburn Observer is a great gift. Justin, final thoughts. Oh, wow, you spun it on me this time. <laughs> big shoes. Yeah, it's huge shoes, huge shoes. Uh... Yeah, well, hey, watch, watch, uh, watch some playoff hockey. Ooh. Seattle Kraken uh, make after the when you had two huge upsets in the first round and and the second round of the playoffs have been a whole lot of fun. That's right. The Florida Panthers a couple are of, couple of four 